every year during the summertime, we miss so much our choir in the choir loft each week, and our lives are so lifted and blessed by the duets each week. Many thanks for the beauty of each Sunday's music and worship. The peace of our Lord be with you. As each passing week draws us nearer to the end of our time together, and as I reflect more and more on 45 years of pastoral life, more than half of which we have spent with you, I find myself recalling more and more often something I heard about 20 years ago at a pastor's school at Furman University. Something about how some of us were just born to be theological test pilots. No matter how hard we try, we can't not fly out to the edges of what we're supposed to believe and look beyond the boundaries to see what lies just over the horizon. A more modern version of Joan Chittister's observation that some people are called to question not unlike a sentence from one of Flannery O'Connor's daily prayer journals in which she prayed for God to help her know the truth which is down under things. All of which has been pretty much the story of my life crystallized in recent years by a question which I ask myself on a nearly weekly basis, which is this. Is it the church's job to defend what popular Christianity teaches, or is it the church's job to seek and speak the truth which is beneath and beyond the boundaries of our faith. Though I am more theological crop duster than test pilot, whenever I have summons the courage to fly beyond the boundaries and see what new truth waits just over the horizon. The most and best of what I have seen has been something very similar to what this morning's lesson from Hosea says 
about God, which is that God does not come to us in wrath because God is God. Hosea does not say God does not come to us in wrath because God has been offered a perfect sacrifice which has paid the price for our sin. Hosea says, God does not come to us in wrath because God is God. A longer Hebrew Bible version of that shorter New Testament confession that God is love. God is God, and God is love, and that is that. God is good, and God is love, and God is with us, and God is for us. Across 20 centuries of accumulated Christian doctrine, we have managed to wrap that truth in many layers of complexity. We've wrapped it in the kind of complexity which has caused us to gain institutional power and cultural hegemony. But if we could somehow unwrap the truth, if we could somehow remove layer upon layer upon layer of complex Christian doctrine, what we would be left with is this. God is God, not human. And God is love. Whenever we read that passage from Colossians that we read this morning, and it says that Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I always have this image in my mind of Jesus sitting across the room from God and saying, you're going to have to send me back down there, aren't you? <laughs> they have made this so complicated. They have wrapped so many layers of requirements and regulations and rules around what we were trying to tell them. I stay packed. Because <laughs> I know you're going to have to send me back down there and help them to somehow see and know that you are love. And they are loved, and they are there, 
to let the love which has come down to them go out through them. And that is it. I have so much admiration for our founding mothers and fathers who birthed this church partly because I know myself well enough to know that I would never have enough faith or courage or institutional vision to start a new congregation. Just think about what a remarkable and beautiful thing that is. Um, I was playing third string first base for the Joseph B. Riley Elementary School baseball team on that May day in 1967 when you all started this. You could have at least called me and told me you were doing something that was going to change my life forever. I would never have the vision, the courage to birth a church. But I often think that if I ever did do such a thing, if I could write the script, its covenant and bylaws would be three lines long. Our God is love. Our creed is kindness. Our default position is empathy. People who needed more than that would be able to find countless other wonderful churches to join. But I would try to be content with only that. Our God is love. Our creed is kindness. And our default position is empathy. And then, spend whatever is left of life going deeper and deeper in our life with God, which would take us wider and wider in our embrace of the world until the size of the circle of our joyful welcome became the same as the size of the circle of the joyful welcome of God. Not in the next life, but in this life. Oh, children of God, you don't have to die before you can live. In this life, the size of the circle of your joyful welcome can become exactly the same as the size of the circle of the joyful welcome of God. That way, if God should someday say to us, as God said to the person in this morning's gospel lesson, tonight your soul will be required of you. Today, this day, is the last day of your life.
we would not have to hurry up and change a thing about what we had planned to do and say today. Because we would already be living precisely the life that we were born to live. Just letting the love of God which had, has come down to us go out through us. Amen.